0: One of the things that we're measuring when we make these references of whether or not we think there's a recession coming is we're looking at how much money do people have in savings, how fast are they spending it, and how much did they have before they had the big bulk up in savings. So there's a behavioral thing. If people are spending their savings... Once more unto the breach, dear friends, else close the wall up with our English dead. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome to another exciting second hour of The Personal Wealth Coach, starring Jeff and Jake McClure. Uh, we have lots to talk about. This is a lot. Um, do, we have
1: well, lots of lot to talk yeah, about? Yeah.
0: Do you think... Well, let me... Let me bring up a subject that's not as dry as the changes in the retirement plans and so on. Uh, and something that I've been wanting to talk to you about anyway, about the possibility of recession in um, in the coming 12 to 18 months. Um, so, and what does that mean? What does it mean for the market? What does it mean for the economy? Or for more importantly, what about me? What about my job? What are each of you listening? What does it mean to you? Um, so first, before we talk about whether or not we'll have one, let's talk about what a recession is. Number one, the definition of a recession, well, there really isn't one, except that the Bureau of Economic Analysis and um, and a series of others will. Uh, Inber um, is a is a bureau that uh, the National Bureau of Economic Research, I believe, is the one that says this is this is a recession or not. There's no classic definition. For a long time, we said two quarters, half a year of negative growth. That's contraction of going backwards, receding in the you in the whole nation's economy would be considered a recession well we've got all kinds of ways of measuring that now the great recession had a quarter of, gro- of shrinkage followed by a quarter of growth followed by two quarters of shrinkage but in the middle of that middle quarter of growth is when we declared a recession so the definition has been changing on what a recession is But long term, recessions are normal. For the last 50 years, if you don't count the last 10 years, so the 40 years of the first 40 years of the last 50, we had a recession about every four years. Pretty normal. Got three years of growth, one year where we had a recession, three years of growth, one year where we had a recession. That's a normal growing economy. As an economy starts to reach maturity, it has fewer recessions usually but they tend to be more severe. So the big question is how much are we growing? We've had a big big recession called the Great Recession 2007-2008. And that's what most of us think of when we think about recession. There's a lot of adults that are in the marketplace in the economy that that's the only recession that they even know about rather than this 50-year cycle of, you know, really normal recessions. So a recession doesn't have to be a horrible thing. It can just be a slow stagnation for a little bit while we figure things out, or it can be really, really traumatic. How can you tell it when a recession's coming? Well, we talked before the break about uh, the data that you gather and the boffins that are you know, just measuring things. So we've got leading economic indicators. There's an index of them that have been down for nine months in a row, Uh, That's shouting for a recession. Now, and this may simply be because the interest rates have risen so fast, but that's kind of irrelevant. You and I, old baldy and younger baldy, older baldy, younger baldy, have talked about how consumers seem to keep spending, and that's driving the economy. We keep spending money. We're spending money faster than we're making money, actually, but we have a lot of savings, so that's okay. We're not racking up the debt at high rates to, get, to make this spending spree continue. We're still spending, we're still hiring, and there's still a lot of cash on hand. One of the things that we're measuring when we make these references of whether or not we think there's a recession coming is we're looking at how much money do people have in savings, how fast are they spending it, and how much did they have before they had the big bulk up in savings. So there's a behavioral thing. If people are spending their savings fast. If you have $5,000 in savings last year and you get $8,000 in savings this year, you're going to feel great, but you'll feel bad if you go back to $5,000. You feel like you've moved backwards, and so you're going to slow down spending probably faster than you slowed down last year when you had $5,000. That may have been more than you had the year before. So if you start dropping the amount of money you have in the bank, at some point, people stop spending. And this is the, the you know, I've, that I've just peeled across apart all the other pieces. How quickly are people going to slow down in their spending is the question people are asking in when we say, when they say, is there going to be a recession? And it's as, as easy to comprehend if we say in the next 18 months, no, I don't think so. The weather can change that outlook. So this isn't even as good as trying to give an overall outlook on the weather. Weather reports are notoriously wrong, but they're getting more and more accurate. The weather report fits into the economic report. When we have big storms in the first quarter of the year, the winter, this is where we are now, that makes a big impact on the economy for the whole year. So if we have eight or nine massive bomb cyclones in the Northeast, um, we're going to be in a recession. So how do we make a prediction or anybody make a prediction and then feel proud of our prediction when so much of the stuff is random? All we can make our predictions are is how fast are people spending money, how fast are people getting jobs, how many people are getting laid off. There's a lot of variables that we absolutely don't know and have no control over when we make these predictions. Now, having laid that all out, what is your outlook, Elder Baldy, on whether or not we're going to be in a recession in the next 18 months?
1: 18 months is a little long. I think the probabilities of us actually entering into a real recession, and by real recession, let me take alluded to this but i think it's important to understand some of the things that are considered in gdp just like some of the things that are considered in the consumer price index from the perspective of normal people doing normal things in normal life are silly now from a perspective of trying to measure the movement of a gigantic national economy i'm sure to the economists who set them up they make perfectly good sense. for example We've said this many, many times in the consumer price index, one of the largest items, one of the weightiest, most considered items is the rental value of a house that somebody owns that they're not renting. In other words, if you live in a house and you own the house, whether you have a mortgage or not, one of the big things that the uh, is considered when for the consumer price index is the potential rental value if you were to decide to rent your house. Whoa, what's that got to do with inflation? And are you actually
0: experiencing that in inflation at this moment? Well,
1: no. Just like when it comes to GDP, a sort of mythical number called the trade balance either subtracts to or adds to the GDP. If we have a negative trade balance, which we have had for about half a century now, for instance, it runs now about 3% of GDP, it subtracts 3% from the gross domestic product. So right now, and I'm, this is news, and I think it's amazing, Moody's is estimating, and they're probably the most prescient estimators of such things, yeah. Moody's Analytics is estimating that the fourth quarter GDP will be 4.1%. So before I go any further, this is important
0: to look at here. That's a lot of growth.
1: It didn't mean we grew 4% in the fourth quarter. It means if that same growth rate considered continued for a year at exactly that rate, it'd be 4.1%. And that's by the way, going to be an estimate when it comes out, and it will be a year before we know how much we actually grew in the fourth quarter, which makes the whole thing sort of silly.
0: And and you but, might you might say, well, just divide it by four, and that's but it's not exactly that number either. That's a good reference, but it's not exactly a fourth so, division. So it, yeah. it
1: it becomes it becomes sort of weird. Last quarters was three point two. So you asked me, do I think we're going to have a recession? We are experiencing right now accelerating. Gross domestic product growth in the United States. It's really hard, and we have just had a uh, huge number—two hundred and I don't know, whatever, two hundred and some thousand people got hired. Two hundred twenty-three thousand new jobs in December. In the month of December, right? There were two hundred twenty-three thousand at the end employees now this is seasonally adjusted so they've taken into account seasonal workers for christmas Two hundred twenty-three thousand more people were employed at the end of december than were employed at the beginning of december that's in the United with
0: States. all the tech layoffs that you read about right
1: uh me and i'll tell you what employers who do the hiring and the firing and the layoffs and so on have a much better feel for where the economy is going than does the government yeah and, and they are saying we are not going into a recession,
0: and, and I agree that is what they're seeing and what they're s- that, now, what's fueling that growth? When we look at income growth, it's not growing as fast as spending growth. So where is it coming from? Money. money. It's coming from money sitting in banks. So when we well, start well, money's sitting somewhere. There, most of it is uh, not money market money. funds and money banks and... Fund funds, banks, cash equivalents. It's sitting out right. there, and it's being spent down. And we're watching that number, that big bulge that we acquired when everybody had nothing to spend the money on. You couldn't go to the gym or the movie theater or the restaurant, or and we had stimulus money given, so our bank accounts got big. And they got to a historically record large amount. You can't find a time in history when we were saving as much as we did during that time period, even during the wars, the big ones. So we have this big savings rate, and people continued to get paid during that time period because of the different stimuluses. Okay, as we spend that money down, at what Point, are people going to put on the brakes on the spending as that money is going down? And that's the question. So when we're hiring, it's based on this extra spending that's coming in. But if that extra spending stops, that's the point. That's where we would say this is when people are going to turn around and not be hiring. Well, are we going to have a recession? I said September. At the current rate of spending, we are going to be at pre-pandemic levels in the bank in September. The big question is will we stop spending at a high rate before then? And the only way to answer that is to think about it for yourself. Will you? If you get back to what you had in the bank in 2019, most of us have more in the bank today than we did in 2019. If you get down to that level, are you going to be stopping before you get down to what you had then? And it's a big question. So people can make all these educated uh, swags at it, um, uh, the WAG part of the SWAG is the is scientific. Uh, and if you've ever been around donkeys, you know that wild asses um, are, are not um, uh, always consistent in their directions. Uh, so even with a scientific uh, guess at this, it's still going to be up to the rest of us wild asses in how we spend our money and what happens when we start to get down. So our economy... Barring some growth from other things may clearly slow down uh, sometime this year, and that would be considered a recession. Now, as we said last hour, we've got uh, lots of jobs and lots of extra cash in the bank, and that cash in the bank is what's sustaining us right now. Uh, Why is it that we're not having normal growth other than this extra spending? And it's because the rest of the world, which usually helps support us by buying things from us, is slowing down their purchasing. Um, They are not buying as much. Our dollar is getting strong, so our things are more expensive to them. It's easier for us to buy from them, so we're supporting their nations quite a lot the money that we're sending to them because we have better prices on that money is allowing them to not be as far into recession um that that is about as clear as i can get on that so coming it's not clear in any way we can say okay slowing is going the spending is going to get slower sometime this year, barring a bunch of extra influx of money from other sources, we're going to start running out of money to spend or at least feel uncomfortable spending the money that we have. If prices start to drop because China's just opened up on its uh, manufacturing, we may actually slow down our spending early. Uh, Those are things that could happen. We could avoid a recession completely because China opens up, starts manufacturing. The prices drop in Germany and across Europe, so they're able to buy stuff without tremendous inflation. The stuff going on in Ukraine calms down. All that stuff could cause us to completely skip a recession. Um, Or we could skip a recession just because we managed to have enough in our banks to make it through the pinch point. Other countries are in recession, right? So what does that mean? If we go into recession, what does it mean? Well, that's generally recognized as having some major unemployment issues, that we have a much higher unemployment than we would have today. Our unemployment today is 3.5%, which is new news. That 3.5% is... um, It's Clearly, uh, low, it's historically extremely low. All right, uh,
1: thing is, but you asked, and it all came from the question Are we going to have a recession in the next 18 months? 18 months is a long time. Uh, it's entirely possible that in 2024, things could evolve into a natural recession. I will say something about this time period we're in, we are in. Pretty much uncharted water. Several things just occurred. And matter of fact, one of the things occurred yesterday that last occurred 100 years ago, or recently occurred. The last time we failed to elect a Speaker of the House on the first ballot uh, with the new Congress was in 1923. And here it is, 2023. Is that a coincidence? I don't think so. We had a series of economic events that occurred at the beginning of the 20th century, rotating around a war that we that was a kind of a messy, sloppy war in which a lot of Americans got killed, and Americans are generally not real happy about the outcome of the war. We called it World War One then, and we called it whatever Iraq and Afghanistan was this time. We had a pandemic. Uh, we called it the Spanish flu. The 1918 flu or something like that uh, in the last century, Uh, we called it the Spanish flu when in the first place it occurred in a widespread fashion was at Fort Riley, Kansas, but we blamed it on the Spanish. Well, I still haven't figured that one out. Um,
0: That's what you do with diseases. It's really a lot easier if you can blame it on a a group of people than on viruses. It's really hard to find the viruses to blame them. Specifically, historically, it's really easy to say, "Oh, it's those Spanish well, people again." Oh.
1: we didn't, we didn't name viruses back then. The COVID nineteen is the name of a virus, so
0: anyway, it's not even the, the official name; it's just our slang name, right? But it's, it's, its name. name.
1: the uh, The other thing that's that's happening is following the pandemic, we had a series of economic upheavals and surges back and forth. Unfortunately. It was not – we didn't measure economic activity in the United States very accurately or very well or very consistently in the 1920s. As a matter of fact, the new Secretary of Commerce that came in in the 1920s, a guy named Herbert Hoover, who some of you may have heard of, was the guy who put engineering and statistics into the Commerce Department and said – and created the Bureau of Economic Analysis – and said, we need to measure this stuff and try to figure out what's going on. So we don't have good Wait, records.
0: Didn't he do vacuum cleaners, too? Oh, no. That's, I think that, he does that That's have. a different. He does a different. Hooper. Well,
1: he, he did a dam. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so he gave a damn about things.
0: Yes, he did, the, majorly.
1: The The point I'm making here is that about 100 years ago, this same set of economic events occurred, but we don't have good records on it. And we're going through them again. From all we can tell from what we did have, they are amazingly similar. But the issue is we don't have good enough records to say this is what's happening for sure. So what we can say pretty clearly is for 100 years, we have not seen this series of economic events. It's very different. It's very unusual. We're largely in uncharted waters. Somebody sailed here before, but they sailed in an ancient sailing ship. And we're in a relatively modern ship cruising along at a much higher speed. But I can say that we probably, as a result, there's no certainty here about the future, are entering in to the Roaring Twenties. Because the Roaring Twenties really didn't get started until about 1923 and 24. And we're headed there pretty fast. Our economy is so amazingly healthy at this point. We have still excess cash reserves. And by the way, there's a lot of estimates on when the excess reserves will be spent down. Excess reserves, by the way, don't just count the money that's in bank and money market funds. It also counts how much credit people have on their credit cards that historically they have used, particularly the lower income people, tend to use the available credit on their credit cards until it hits about 70 or 80 percent of the possible they can use and then they start to level off. Well we're not even close to that at this point. So I my feeling and and it is just a gut feeling is that we'll probably go through twenty twenty three in good shape with things moderating. What happens in twenty twenty four? Well there's too much that could happen between now and then that is random to even make a guess at what happens in twenty twenty four.
0: And we're about out of time.
1: This is the Personal Wealth Coach with Jeff and Jake
0: McClure. Uh, This is the Personal Wealth Coach, and we do make uh, other statements than really bad puns about songs. Uh, We are uh, a a finance program, as you would probably guess from the Personal Wealth Coach being our title. The Personal Wealth Coach is not just the title of the program. It's also the name of an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. All right. Well, does that mean that the SEC likes us? What would you say to that, sir?
1: I would say that the SEC is professionally dislikes almost everyone. Right.
0: That is no implication of the SEC's approval just because we're registered with them. Why is the radio program and the firm named the same thing? Because we have to give this disclosure no matter what it is, and it's less disclosurable. It takes less time to do if it's just the same name. So... We've been doing this program here uh, on this stu- in, on this station, 1400 AM in Temple, since 1996. We've been doing this a long time, and we haven't been paid for it ever. Uh, we also Damn. have not ever paid for it. So we've been doing this a long, long time, and the whole idea is education. We do advertise as a firm for on the studio, uh, on the channel, for this radio program. We don't actually advertise for our firm. We're advertising for the radio program. So what we're saying is that this is educational and we do occasionally get business from it, but our purpose here is truly education. That being said, it's not advice. Advice would be if I knew who you were, if the other bald guy, Jeff, knew who you were and we were able to have a private conversation with you about things in your best interest versus broadcasting to everyone so we're going to be talking about education which is why we do the program to begin with so those two disclosures are really one and having said that do you deem to tell us another disclosure yes
1: information we present on this educational radio program has been obtained from sources we deem to be reliable, but we make no warranty or guarantee as to the accuracy or completeness
0: of said information. And he really can't get through the week without that. I think right. uh, if you would like to talk to us off the air, we actually give individually, uh, individually crafted and customized advice based on what people are trying to achieve. That's generally and portfolio management and portfolio management. And that's generally for people with higher net worths, but we make exceptions occasionally. Um, and so you can contact us locally, voicemail available during the weekend, but actual real live people, no phone tree during the week at?
1: 254-947-1111.
0: You can reach that line tool free at 1-800-914-7526. That's 800-914-PLAN.
1: And I think it's important to note that we're an independent fiduciary firm. We don't work for a corporation. We only work for our clients. Right. Exactly.
0: Uh, You can go to our webpage, thepersonalwealthcoach.com or tpwc.com. There's a contact form. You can use emails, Jeff or Jake at tpwc.com. There are uh, recordings of the radio program going back years, newsletters going back decades, uh, and you can find us wherever podcasts are given. Um, Thank you very much for listening on a nice Saturday morning. And until next week, this has been The Personal Wealth Coach.